You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Fenizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. Babylon, the system, this religious system is destroyed and now her political and economic power must suffer the same fate. So it's at this point now here in chapter 18 where we turn a corner and go into a transition. No longer are we talking about religious Babylon, but now we are introduced to the next system, commercial Babylon. What world systems have you invested your trust in? It's common knowledge for most people that governments and political entities can't solve all of our problems. No matter how noble a leader's motives may be, they're human, and they come up short every single time. Yet, just like the people of Israel asking God for a king, we just seem to want a person to put our hope in. As we'll be warned in today's message from Pastor Mike, We need to be sure that Jesus alone is our source of strength and hope. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of Revelation chapter 18 as he begins his message, Commercial Babylon. In this section, here in the book of Revelation, that would be in chapter 17 and 18, the subject is still the fall of Babylon. Remember, we were introduced to this system Babylon last time together. Let's go back to chapter 17 briefly. Notice there in verse uh, 5, we are told, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the uh, earth. And so last time together, we were introduced to these two systems here in the book of Revelation known as Babylon. Now, I also mentioned, I think, I'm pretty sure I did last time that we're not actually, when we use the word Babylon, we're not actually talking about a geographical location. The name Babylon is being used symbolically. Because if you think about it, all false religion and rebellion against God has its roots back there in the book of Genesis in the city of Babylon. And so the word, the name uh, Babylon is being used here in chapter 17 and 18 symbolically of the collapse of her religious powers that seduces the masses in the last days. But here, in chapter 18, 
we're about to be introduced to the second Babylon, whose strength lies in its political and commercial interests. And this vast system has permeated the entire life of our civilization and has exploited mankind with principles and practices that are outlawed by God and his word. You see, there is this inherent evil that exists within commercialism, exploiting mankind. The result of a marriage between the commercial interests of man and the political powers of man, whereby people's lives are uh, manipulated. For example, planned shortages, clever schemes to drive up prices of goods, to gain more money and have more power. And thus, the world's population become victims of that system. And so, before Christ comes again and establishes his kingdom upon the earth, that is, his kingdom of righteousness, that perfect society that we've been talking about now for a while, but I can't wait uh, to get in some of our future studies when we're actually uh, get into the exact details of Christ's second coming and his establishing his kingdom upon the face of the earth. So that perfect society that Jesus will come back to establish But all that is not sanctioned by God. Babylon must be destroyed. Okay, so that sets up our study this morning, and it also brings us to our first point. False religion, a demonic abode. Okay, so with that said, let's get into our text now, chapter 18, and let's read verses 1 through 3, Revelation chapter 18. Now, after these things, the things that were recorded for us in the previous chapter... I, John, who is the recorder of this book of the Bible, saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. Okay, so here in this text, we are introduced to this mighty angel. His glory notice is so brilliant that the entire earth is lightened by it. And he's proclaiming Babylon's downfall. This is the day of her reckoning. Now notice also in verse 2, let's go back to our text. We have this amazing revelation. And what is recorded for us here in the first couple of verses of chapter 18, I think specifically applies to religious Babylon. We're going to get into, in just a moment, we'll get into the, the downfall of commercial Babylon, but here in the first couple of verses of chapter 18, I think that they still relate to the fall of the religious system of Babylon. So, I think we're still talking about religious Babylon here. That is that religious system which claims in the last days to be God's true church, but without any real life in Christ. 
And notice the system, according to our text, is housing demons whose original abode is the abyss in the underground world. And listen, those demons are holding its congregants, that, that is, those who participate in this religious system in the last days, are holding its congregants in its influence. Now, in contrast, think about this. The true church, on the other hand, is the habitation of God through the Holy Spirit. So it's quite a contrast, isn't it? Listen, there are many foul spirits contending for the mastery of man's minds. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1. Here's a cross-reference for you. Uh, John, and, and I want you to think about exactly who it is that John is writing to. You know, 1st, 2nd, and John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, his epistles are known as uh, general epistles. Uh, they're not directed towards or written to one particular uh, church, but all of the churches that existed during that time. Uh, some of those churches uh, came into existence the result of John's uh, ministry. So think about exactly who it is that he is writing to. So that would be the church and uh, the members of that church. And so even then, the church had been infiltrated by these demonic forces and powers. And so in 1 John in chapter 4 and verse 1, John serves up this warning. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. And this is why I think that we should regularly, often pray for discernment, but also be acquainted with God's word. Because you're going to, you know, know, things in the future, you you never know what's going to happen. You know, if the Lord should tarry, where are you going to be in the next five years, the next ten years? Uh, You know, we're a very transient population, and... uh, you know, you may, God may be leading you to another state in the United States or abroad or whatever. And wherever you go, you're going to be looking for a church. You better be careful about the church that you select to become a member of. We need discernment. We need to make sure that all of what is being taught lines up correctly with the word of God. And thus... Notice, and once again, I, I, I want to reemphasize this, that John is writing to members of the church. These were people who were born again of the Spirit of God. And nevertheless, he serves up this warning, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. And so obviously, there had entered into those churches, many of which were probably established by John himself, who had come in, false teachers, and they were leading the people astray. And this, by the way, even in that section of 1 John, is referred to as the spirit of the Antichrist. So this is something that we need to be aware of, particularly as we move forward in these last days. But then also notice there in verse 2, and has become a cage of every unclean and hateful Bird. Now, what is this all about? And what does this tell us? Well, I want you to think about this. In our Lord's parable of the mustard seed and Christianity is pictured as a mustard tree in whose branches 
the birds of the air have come to lodge. In fact, if you would, turn with me to Matthew's Gospel in chapter 13, verses 31 and 32. So this is Jesus now, and he's putting forth this parable. And he says, another parable, we are told, he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. And and often, frequently, Jesus uses this analogy of the seed as a reference to, symbolically, of the gospel being sowed. And it produces this fruit. And uh, so, which indeed is the least of all of the seeds, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the, and this is what I want to emphasize, the birds of the air, and he's serving up a warning here, even as John served up a warning in his epistle, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Now, folks, this is not a good thing. So what is he talking about here in this parable? Well, I believe that Jesus is referring to that after the Christianization of the Roman Empire in those centuries, the church grew abnormally large in influence and dominion and thus had become a nest for corruption. It's it's an interesting analogy that he uses because the mustard seed, when it grows, it usually grows only into a bush and not a tree. So I think what Jesus had in mind here was how that after the Christianization of the Roman Empire in those centuries, the church grew abnormally, even as this mustard seed grew into this large tree that Jesus is referring to, in influence and dominion and became a nest for corruption. And so birds are used in the parables symbolically by Jesus of Satan. Not only in that parable that was just uh, projected here up on the screen in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 13, but also, and you can check this out for yourself sometime during the week, Mark's Gospel in chapter uh, 4, and also in Luke's Gospel in chapter 8. But the idea here is, if allowed to, the devil will find an inroad, and thus he joins the church. And so here is Christianity, as it relates to this religious, ecumenical religious system, Babylon. Here is Christianity at the end of the age, infiltrated by unregenerated men and women who do not subscribe to the essential doctrines of true Christianity. Folks, these are Satan's emissaries occupying the top branches of Babylon's great religious system. So once again, let me say this, because we don't know where we're going to be. I hope that you hang around here in New York with us, but you know how that goes, right? I mean, literally, since we began this ministry, truly thousands of people who have entered through our doors, and we've had the wonderful privilege of being able to minister to them and disciple them over the years, and, uh, but we truly are a very uh, transient population. And so who knows where we're going to be? Who knows where I'm going to be in the next five, ten years? I'm hopeful that I'm just going to be here and we're going to continue doing what we're doing. But if not, wherever the Lord takes you, we need to be very careful when choosing a church. 
But then notice the extent of religious Babylon's influence there in verse 3. Let's go back to verse 3. Let's read it one more time. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of a fornication. We're talking about spiritual fornication here. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants, this is a reference to the merchandising of Christianity. We talked a little bit about this last time. Of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her uh, luxury. So what we have recorded here for us is the extent of this last day's religious system's influence. The people are too intoxicated by her to see her for what she really is. They're caught up in what I would refer to as a religious uh, stupor. But then let's go on now. And then in verses 4 through 8, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. Now, at this point, I, I, I should pause, and I don't have this in my notes, but I, I, it has just dawned on me. You're saying, wait a second, the church isn't going to be here during this particular period of time. This is all taking place during the seven years of tribulation. So who, who Jesus is serving up this warning, and he's referring to my people. Wait a second, aren't we his people? Hey, remember, in one of our past studies, I had mentioned that there's a great soul harvest that actually takes place during the seven years of tribulation. Remember the two witnesses, the 144,000, the angels flying across the heaven preaching the, the everlasting gospel. Remember those who are martyred for their faith in Jesus Christ, who we find under the altar uh, there in heaven, who are crying out, how long, how long, O oh God, will you take vengeance on those who have persecuted us? Right? And so those are the people that God is uh, referring to here in this text. The church has already been taken. Revelation in chapter uh, 4. So don't be confused by this. Remember, this does not follow a chronological uh, order. And uh, as we've we've talked about uh, so often in some of our uh, previous uh, studies. So let's go back to our text. Come out for her. Come out of her, my people. In other words, the warning, don't get sucked into this false religious uh, system lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. Render to her just as she rendered to you and repay her double according to her uh, works. In the cup which she has mixed, uh, mixed double Uh, for her. Okay, so here then is a clear call to separation. But again, this system is already, I believe, coming into being even today. And so I believe that this also serves as a warning for us in this present day. We need to be aware of the true character of this rising religious uh, system. And so What's the message? Stay away from it. Yes, it may be very attractive. It may offer easy religion. Listen, let me tell you something. There are so many churches today that really don't preach the cross of Jesus Christ. They don't declare the requirements of being a true disciple. They don't talk about dying to self. 
all of the messages appeal to the flesh that they offer. So they offer a brand of easy Christianity, easy religion. It's very attractive, and it does appeal to the the flesh. It caters to the flesh. But listen, stay away from it. Don't get sucked into it. You're not going to reform it. Stay away. And what's the reason that's been given us? Well, notice what it says once again in verse 5. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. You know what this reminds me of? Even as the stench of the sin of the people upon the face of earth, uh, on the face of the earth, during the days of Noah, came up before God, and God remembered their sins, and he destroyed the earth. Even as the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah came up before God, and God remembered their sins, and he judged those twin cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Gang, stay away from this. The character of her retribution is described for us here in verses 6 through 8. Let's go ahead and, and read that. Render to her just as she rendered to you, and repay her double according to her works in the cup which she has mixed, mixed double for her. In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen and am no widow and will not see sorrow. Therefore her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judges her. Okay, so verses 6 through 8 is a further reason why the Lord's own must separate from her. And so Babylon... The system, this religious system, is destroyed, and now her political and economic power must suffer the same fate. So it's at this point now here in chapter 18 where we turn a corner and go into a transition. No longer are we talking about religious Babylon, but now we are introduced to the next system, commercial Babylon. And with that said, that brings us to our second point, And that is, Babylon the great and mighty has fallen. Okay, let's pick up now. Verses 9 and 10. The kings of the earth. Now remember, we're talking about commercial Babylon here. The kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning. Standing at a distance for fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, the great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long. That's all we have time for on this edition of In My Father's House. Did you know that you can listen to Pastor Mike's teachings on your favorite podcast app? Just search for In My Father's House with Mike Venizio and be sure to subscribe. And let us know you're a listener in the comments. We'd love for you to join us for worship this Sunday at Harvest Christian Fellowship too. 
Check harvestnyc.org for service times. You can reserve your seat by clicking on contact and then the register link. We're located in Midtown Manhattan, and there's easy access from Port Authority on 42nd and Penn Station on 34th. If you're not in the area, or if you're unable to attend in person, we'd still like to have you be a part of our time studying God's Word. We're live streaming our services each week, and you can connect on our website. Again, that's harvestnyc.org. If you'd like to catch previous Sunday messages, click on the Resources tab. You can also watch services through our Vimeo link or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Links to all of these are available at our website. One more time, that's harvestnyc.org. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to ask you to join us in praying for all those listening to Pastor Mike's teachings. Please pray for open hearts and open ears to hear and accept truth. Thanks for praying, and thanks for joining us today. We look forward to our continuing study of Revelation next time, here on In My Father's House. There's a place for